They say that the first thing that goes is your memory. <laughs> Missy was supposed to be singing with her harmonica today, and I brought her to the piano. <laughs> there you go. And I remembered right in the middle of her song, I was just like, she wasn't supposed to be using the piano today. <laughs> it's all. No. It's all Della's fault. <laughs> if you would, open your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 3. 
and we'll be looking at verses 1 through 6. Christians and non-Christians do not realize how vulnerable they truly are to temptation. They don't really know. They don't think about it. Because you can take the strongest Christian and then you can take the weakest person who is lost and both are equally vulnerable. Both are equally vulnerable to temptation. How? Because Satan will tempt, he will attack at our weakest point. And he knows our weakest point. The only difference between someone who is saved and someone who is lost is the indwelling Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only difference. And if the Christian does not rely on the power that God gives us through the Holy Spirit to overcome temptation, to help us in times of temptation, the Christian will fall to the temptation just as fast as the non-Christian. As James states in James 4.8, he says that we need to draw near to God. And if we draw near to God, God will draw near to us, and we need to draw near to God at all times to overcome temptation. And today what we're going to look at is how Satan tempts. How Satan tempts. Again, open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3, and we'll be looking at verses 1 through 6. Genesis 3, 1 through 6. It's written, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God indeed said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We can... Eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Then the serpent said to the woman, Ye shall not die at all. But God doth know that when ye shall eat thereof, your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So the woman, seeing that the tree was good for meat, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to get knowledge, took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you today, Lord, I just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us today, Lord, as we worship together. Just give us an insight and understanding into your word, and help us, Lord, today just to seek your will and way in our life and just to find knowledge in your word and, and help us to apply to our daily walk what we, what we find in your word. And Lord, I just pray again that you would be with us, that you would give me the words to say and hide me behind the cross, Lord, today and let your words be spoken. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would be with those that were mentioned today on the prayer list, those that are sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones, those that may be traveling would just lift 
each one up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon them. And Lord, I just pray that you would bind down Satan and let him have no part of the service today. And Lord, if there's anyone here today that needs to make any decision today, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us and overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now this is a very familiar passage of scripture and we've looked at it numerous times. But what we find in this scripture is not only the fall of humanity, we see the temptation of Adam and Eve. The temptation of Adam and Eve. And that's what we're going to look at today is the temptation. How did Satan tempt them? What did he do? And the reason we're going to focus on the temptation today is because temptation comes before the fall. And that's what we see. They were tempted before they fell into sin. Now, if you look in the verses, if you look at verse 1, the first thing that we see in this verse is it says that the serpent was more subtle. He was more subtle than any other beast of the field. Subtle. He was clever. He was very clever. And Satan uses this subtlety to initiate the temptation. The serpent allowed himself to be used by Satan. And Satan uses this to start the temptation. Now, how does he do it? You know, Satan tempted Eve the same way he tempts today. He tempted Eve the same way that he has tempted people all throughout the centuries. What did he do? If you look in this verse, he was friendly to her. He struck up a conversation. He was friendly. He acted as though he was her friend. That he had her best interest at heart. Think about that. Look at what he says. He comes up to her. Yea, hath God indeed said this? Hath God said this? He struck up a conversation and talked to her as he was a friend. Just as Satan used the serpent to do his bidding, he can do the same with our friends, our family, our co-workers, our brothers and sisters in Christ, our lusts. He can use people to tempt just as easy as he can throw something in our path to tempt us. And that's what he does. I mean, think about it. The friend asking you to do something that you know is sinful. That's a temptation. The co-worker involving you in a conversation that is crude and unholy and you're tempted to join that conversation with them. The same method Satan used to tempt Eve 
and get her to doubt and deny the word of God is the same thing he does with us today. He was friendly, and then what we see is he came to her as someone that had knowledge. Knowledge of her best interest. Look at what he does. He comes to Eve and strikes up a conversation. Now, Eve does not find this unusual. Now, if we were sitting there and a snake came up to us and started speaking to us, we would find that pretty unusual. But Eve did not find it unusual. Why? Because Eve was in a state of innocence. She was in a state of innocence. She didn't know any better. She didn't know serpents could, shouldn't be able to talk. But, you know, maybe, and if you think about it, maybe Satan had been speaking to her for several days using the serpent, trying to win her trust, trying to find a weakness that he could exploit. Of course, then there's the possibility that at this time animals could talk. We don't know. I mean, I think Sheldon thinks he can talk to me, my cat Sheldon, because he tries to strike up a conversation. He'll sit there and meow, and I'll talk back to him, and he'll meow more like he's answering me. And Missy thinks I'm crazy to do that. But if you think about it, when an animal meows or barks or does whatever, it is trying to talk to us. Maybe at this time animals could talk. We don't know. But the point is, is that he was friendly with her. He struck up a conversation. And he begins this conversation. And as an angel of life, he made the temptation appealing to her. He made it appealing to her. And what happens? This ends with her falling to the temptation. Satan was subtle. He was crafty. He was clever in what he did in this situation. Look at the question he asks. Look real close at this question he asks. Yea, hath God indeed said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And you can hear it or at least I can, in my mind, him coming up to her saying, did God really say that? That you can't eat of this tree? That seems cruel to keep food from you. I don't understand why he's bossing you around like that. What else is he keeping from you? You can almost hear it. And then what happens? Satan was being friendly. He was acting like a concerned friend. And Eve responds 
by misquoting God. Look at what she says. God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. You can't eat it or touch it, lest ye die. She changes God's restriction. But think about something. At this point, she is undergoing the temptation. And what Satan has said, he has already got her wondering about things. She's undergoing the temptation. But in changing God's command, and I believe Adam did not convey the correct command to her, because Adam got it directly from God, Eve got it from Adam, she makes it seem worse than it actually is. Have you ever done that with a friend? They ask you about something that's going on in your life and you make it seem worse than it actually is to garner sympathy. But what are you doing when you do that? You're lying. You're lying. But Satan uses this as his mode of attack her misquoting of the scripture. He uses it as his mode of attack. Now, in his friendly attitude, what does he do? After he caught her misquoting what God had said, he now changes his mode of attack to be the bringer of knowledge. He's got all the answers. He seemingly knows something that she doesn't. And you can see that in what he says. Ye shall not die at all. Ye shall not die at all. He's bringing the knowledge to her. And in saying that, he's saying, I know that God is not being straight with you. He's not being honest because you won't die at all if you do this. See how he twists the situation to make her doubt God? He does the same with us. Twist the situation to make us doubt what God says in his word. Why do we fall to sin? Why is it that we fall to sin? Every time we fall to sin, we fall in our pride, but also we doubt God and what the word of God says. We let the flesh come out. We let the old nature take control. And we fall to sin. That's exactly what he's doing here. He makes her doubt God by twisting the situation, twisting the word of God. And he makes himself seem like he's got the knowledge. And if you look in the Gospels, he did the same thing when he tempted Christ. 
twisted the word of God around. But see how he's he's twisting the situation. Look at verses 4 and 5. He says, Ye shall not die at all, but God doth know that when ye shall eat thereof, your eyes shall be open and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. You can almost hear him. You're not going to die. God is saying this because he knows when you eat, you're going to be just like him. And he doesn't want that to happen. Twisting the situation. Twisting the situation. So he comes to her in a friendly manner. Then he switches over to being the bringer of knowledge. the bringer of knowledge, twisting God's words. And then, <coughs> then he hits her with the appeal. What's appealing to her pride? What's appealing to her lust? If you do this, you're going to be just like He makes it appealing. And he does the same with us today. He makes the temptation appealing. Now, what happens? Eve falls for the temptation. But I want you to think about something. Look at verse 6. Eve, in a sense, does the same thing to Adam. wasn't with her when Satan tempted her. It says that he talked to Eve directly. Adam wasn't there. And what happens? She goes to Adam. She goes to her husband and we don't know the conversation between them. It's not recorded. But I believe she just repeated what the serpent had said. Because once she ate of the fruit, she gave it to Adam. And he ate. Adam, knowing God's command to the temptation Eve also fell to the temptation but just as Satan used the serpent to tempt Eve he used Eve to tempt Adam think about that he used Eve to tempt Adam and we see that when God says, because you hearkened to the voice of your wife. Think about that. Remember how I said Satan can use our friends and our family and our co-workers, church members, whoever, to tempt? We see it right here.
Adam, knowing God's command, fell to the temptation. And in the end, Adam and Eve fell to sin. That's how Satan tempts. He makes the sin look appealing. He can make himself look like he's got all the knowledge. He can come to you as a friend. All in a sense to make you fall to sin. That's what he wants. And think about something. When you picture Satan in your mind, what do you picture? A guy in a red suit with horns and a pitchfork? A guy with bat wings? Satan doesn't have a tail. He doesn't have horns. He doesn't carry a pitchfork around. The scripture says he was the most beautiful angel God created. He comes as an angel of light. Think about that. He was the most beautiful angel God created. As Ezekiel says, he was covered with jewels. And he was the covering cherub. He was the one that protected the throne of God. And that's how he comes to us, to tempt, as an angel of light, making it look good. He makes the temptation appealing. Now he's evil, he's manipulative, but he's also beautiful. And he will act as he was your best friend in all the world if you're not careful. He did this with Eve and he can do it with us. And as an angel of light, he will make the the temptation, he will make the sin look appealing. And he'll do anything to make you fall into sin. He'll twist the word of God around. He'll use your best friend in all the world. He will use your family members. He'll use, he can use a pastor, a deacon, Sunday school teacher, anyone who is not wary, he can use to make you fall to temptation. So what can we do to overcome? Our strength to overcome comes from God. We can't do it on our own. And we see that in the Bible. Remember what Christ tells Peter? He says that Satan wanted to sift him like wheat. But Christ prayed for him, for Peter. In the book of Jude, Jude says that the archangel Michael and Satan contended over the body of Moses and the archangel Michael had to say, the Lord rebuke you. He had to call upon God to help him. Satan is the most powerful angel God created. 
And he goes around like a roaring lion seeking who he will devour. Our strength to overcome temptation, our strength to overcome the wiles of Satan comes from God. It comes from the indwelling Holy Spirit. And when we look at the Holy Spirit, what does the Bible say about him? It says that he is our comforter. He is our helper. He is our strength. He is our strength. When tempted, we must ask God for help. We must ask God for strength to overcome. And this means we must pray. How is your prayer life? If you do not have an active prayer life, you are opening yourself up to temptation. How is your prayer life? Because we must pray. We can also find strength and solace in the Word of God. How active is your Bible study? Have you memorized Scripture? Because you can memorize scripture to use when you're tempted. Quoting the scripture in your head. If a Bible is not available. Quoting verses to bring to mind during times of temptation will help you overcome. Because God gives us his word and he gives us prayer as tools to use in our daily walk. Last, overcoming temptation is an act of submission. Think about that. Overcoming temptation is an act of submission to God. Because when we submit to God, we won't fall to temptation. And you might be wondering, now Brother Jeff, how is that possible? What does the word submission mean? It means that we yield to a higher authority. We yield to a higher authority. God is our higher authority. When we yield to his authority, we are obeying him. We are letting him lead us. We are letting him control our life. We are submitting to his will. And when we submit to his will and we yield to his authority, we will not fall to temptation. I mean, think about what James says in James 4.7. Turn over to James 4.7 real quick. And look at what he says. He says, submit. Submit yourselves to God. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he will what? Flee from you. Overcoming temptation is an act of submission to God. Because when we submit to God, we are doing as the Lord commands us, we are obeying his will, and we will have the power to resist the devil. And we will have the power through the Holy Spirit 
Satan will flee from that. But to overcome temptation, we must submit. Resist the devil in all his walls, and he will flee. That's the way we overcome temptation. And Satan is cunning, he's subtle, and he will use everything he can to make us fall to temptation and be ineffective as Christians. Yet we can overcome through the power of God and submission to the will of God. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can just learn from it. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we go into this time of invitation. If there's anyone, Lord, that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us. Continue to overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.